0: Let's go places. Gonna tell it like it really is. We know Haney doesn't give a sh. The truth,
1: listening to yeah. listening to Haney. Haney. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast brought to you by HaneyUniversity.com. Uh, that's my website. That's where you can go to find out information about uh, getting golf lessons from me at my studio in Paradise Valley, Arizona or at my soon-to-be-announced uh, new teaching location in Deerfield, Illinois, and that will be kind of about the middle of August. I think I'll start teaching up there, but I'll, I will uh, have that uh, ready to go pretty soon. You can also register for free uh, email, uh, video tips. They go out on a weekly basis at HaneyUniversity.com, so make sure you do that if you haven't already done it. And get a little get a little help with your with your golf game. Okay, uh, this is Open Championship Week, one of my favorite weeks in golf. I love the Open Championship. There are two major championships that stand out above them all. Obviously, there's only four majors: U.S. Open, PGA, Masters, and Open Championship. Also known as the British Open, although they get all bent out of shape when you call it the British Open because they think it's the Open, it's the Open of the world. But uh, whatever, the British Open is one of my favorites for sure. Number one on the list is the Masters. Uh, I love the Masters because of the drama that the golf course gives you, the fact that they play the same golf course every year, and it's just such a fabulous golf course for a tournament. And the fact that players can shoot 76 and they can shoot you know, 66 or 65 on the last day, and you get a lot of movement on the leaderboard, and, and I, I love that. The Open Championship, I love because it's it's such different golf. I'm a big fan of Lynx golf. I love fast-running golf where the ball runs out. Uh, I like all the little shots they hit around the greens. I like the putting from off the green. I like the bump and runs. I like a golf course that, that doesn't have a lot of a, a trees of trees. On it. I like golf courses that have trees on it. Augusta has a ton of trees. A lot of the golf courses in the Chicago area have tons of trees. I love those golf courses, but I also like golf courses that don't have a lot of trees yeah, or don't have any trees. And, and I, I, th- I think it's a, it's a cool look. It's a different kind of golf. I love the Open Championship. One thing about the Open Championship is, is that of all the golf tournaments in the world, the Open Championship is the one that has the most amount of luck involved in it. And the luck comes from your tee time. When you tee off at an Open Championship, or in any golf tournament for that, any professional golf tournament, on Thursday, you're either teeing off early on Thursday, and then that would mean you're teeing off late on Friday, or you're teeing off late on Thursday and early on, on Friday. And then after that, they make the, the pairings based on the scores, and if you're leading, you're going to tee off tee off later. But it's the first two days that make the big difference in terms of the luck. Because on Lynx golf, and that's what you have over in Scotland, uh, Ireland, England, and they're playing at Royal Liverpool. Uh, Hoy Lake, it's also known as. And uh, it's it's near the water. When the weather changes, it changes <laughs> ferociously. And it can just flip-flop, and you could have a 30-mile-an-hour wind coming out of one direction. And then next thing you know, you got a 40-mile-an-hour wind coming out of the other direction. It could be uh, sunny skies. The next thing you know, it's raining down sideways. Usually what happens is the change in the weather comes with the change of the tide. So when the tide comes in or the tide goes out, uh, the next thing you know, the weather flips around and changes, and the wind changes. And the luck is involved in what side of the draw you get. Uh, were you early on Thursday or were you late on Thursday? And oftentimes what you'll see is is that, you know, if 70 players make the cut, you'll see times when 50 of the 70 players were in the early morning wave on Thursday and only 20 of the players that made the cut were in the late wave on Thursday. And that's, that's the luck. There's nothing you can do about it. You prepare for the Open Championship. You you get ready to play. You put in all the work, and then you go all the way over there, which is a long way to go. And you're not dealing with the the greatest uh, accommodations over there. You know, oftentimes you're not you're not dealing with the greatest food over there. I just got to be honest with you. I mean, I, I you know, I'm, I'm not uh, necessarily a fan of, of some of the food at, at some of those those venues. And you get over there and and you know, you've, you've prepared, you're ready to go, and you just get hosed by the tee time. Just blind luck, nothing you can do. This is one of the reasons it's hard to win majors. I mean, there's only four of them a year, and one of them, you could just get bad tee times and, and really pretty much have basically no chance to win. So, so that's, that's one reason why it's really hard to pick a winner of a open championship before the tournament starts because you don't know what the weather advantage or disadvantage is going to be for, for, uh, you know, specific players. So you're just kind of, you're just kind of going blind. You really don't, don't have enough information to make a pick. Now, once the tournament starts and you kind of get going, then, then that evens out after, after, uh, you know, Friday's round, Whatever advantage the player has, that's already going to be baked into the into the res- result. And then from then, it's it's going to be you know pretty much heads up, unless somebody's coming away from behind and they they make they make a big huge charge because they got the great weather on Saturday. Uh, you know, Sunday it's it, it for the most part it's it's pretty much going to be too late. But but it, it could happen on Sunday too. I mean, it could it could could be the 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 same thing. But but I, I love the Open Championship. I used to I used to always uh turn on the tv i remember when i was a you know younger and i turned on the tv and the first thing i'd hope for and you know and the telecast used to be on really early in the morning which was great because you didn't have to wait all day for the golf to come on you could you could watch it watch it early and i'd turn it on and i'd hope that i'd hope that it was windy as all get out and the rain was coming down sideways and the golf course was all baked out and i would just love to see the pros handle the challenge of playing at an open championship. And some years it, it is, you know, a, a lush green golf course with super deep rough. And other years it's browned out and as brown as it can get and it's fast as can be. And it's just a, a different guy. And it's all just mother nature because the golf courses over in, in that part of the world are not, you know, irrigated. I mean, there's irrigation for the teas and there's irrigation so you can get a tea in the ground in case it never rains. And there's irrigation for the greens to keep the grass alive. But other than that, it's 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 pretty much just, you know, let it go. And whatever mother nature gives you, it, it, it gives you, uh, you know, there there may be an occasional sprinkler line right down the center of the fairway. But uh, other than that, it's it's not wall to wall like you have in the United States. So it just depends on what kind of a spring they've had what kind of summer they've had and that's how the golf course is going to play and I, I I think it's it's cool if there if there was one tournament you would want to win as a professional that has the most prestige and by the way they want to win that tournament for the prestige and the fact that that prestige brings them more money they make more money by winning that tournament that would be the masters the number 2 tournament that you would want to win would be the open championship now for a player from you know, England or Scotland or Ireland or whatever, they might put number one in the Open Championship. They may put number one in the Open Championship, but I but I don't think many would. Most everybody would have the number one tournament to win would be the Masters, but number two would definitely be the Open Championship. And then uh, I think three and four are just a toss-up because you, you get to say you won a, a major championship. Maybe the U.S. Open would be ahead of the PGA. I don't know. It's 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 close in, in, in that regard. It's it, you know, kind of both about the same. But the Open Championship and the Masters definitely definitely stand above above the rest. So so though that's the tournament tournament you want to win. Uh, they're playing at, at Royal Liverpool. It's a golf course where in recent history and it's hosted the Open Championship many many times. But in recent history. Tiger won in 2006, Rory McIlroy won in 2014. And what's interesting, Rory McIlroy is one of the uh best drivers of the golf ball in terms of distance and accuracy that has ever played the game of golf. And Tiger won the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool with the fact that he didn't even hit a driver. He just hit a he hit a a, a 2 iron the whole time around the golf course. And as this term was coming up, I started thinking about and you know doing a little reminiscing about that tournament. That was that was probably well, I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. That was one of the greatest ball striking tournaments, if not the greatest ball striking tournament that. Uh, Tiger ever had for sure, and probably anyone has ever had. I mean, when you, when when you, if you would make a list of of tournaments that were won with pure ball striking, and uh, that was that was one when when Tiger won in in two thousand six. And like I said, he hit one driver the whole week. I'll I'll, I'll never forget uh, you know that that tour, Of course, I you know I remember all the majors. Tiger won so many golf tournaments, uh, and he won he won so many when I I coached him. Uh frankly I I I you know I would have to really think to remember some of them. I mean I can remember shots maybe at all of them but but a shot or two shots or uh you know certain shots stick out. I remember when he won the uh he won the Buick uh, Invitational at Warwick Hills and and the, the only shot I can remember was a shot he hit out of bounds on one hole. He hit out of bounds by about a foot, and it was the only ball he hit out of bounds all year long. And and I, and it's for a matter of fact, I was just up in Michigan this last weekend, and somehow that memory came back to me like that. I don't know what it is, like the 15th hole or whatever, and there's a card path there, a road to the right, and his ball hit, hit, and then it deflected. I mean, it might have hit at the tree, and then it hit, hit the road and, and, and trickled across the road. It was out of bounds by about a foot. The only ball he hit out of bounds uh, all here It's funny how just one one shot sticks out in your mind. I don't remember much else about the tournament. I can remember another hole, but I remember that hole. I remember that, remember that shot. But Hoy Lake I remember a lot of them when uh Tiger won at Royal Liverpool. Of course the shot that I remember most was uh when he, he holed out the four iron. And that was uh you know, that was one of those like super, super memorable shots. I mean it was you know, it's it's one that you know, I'm sure they'll replay on the telecast, the fourteenth hole, the second round. He has a four iron into this four hundred and fifty six yard par four and just makes the most beautiful swing. That that was the best Tiger ever swung a golf club, was that uh at at uh, at that tournament, I mean, he 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 had times in two thousand eight where he swung incredible. Two thousand nine, he won a bunch. So so so, there was a lot of times when he probably came close or equaled that swinging wise. But in terms of playing a major championship and striking the ball from start to finish, that was just an absolute absolute thing of beauty. You know, every major championship when. I was with Tiger. He would practice the week before, and I would go down to Orlando to Isleworth where he lived, and I would get there probably like Saturday or Sunday the week before the tournament because we would be leaving to go to the tournament on that upcoming Saturday. So if the tournament starts on Thursday the previous Saturday we would have left to go on to wherever the, the venue was uh, if it was gonna take us a while to get there or, or we, we might end up getting there on, on Sunday like at Augusta. Sometimes we got there at Sunday, but he would he would go go early, especially to the open championship because you want to get acclimated to the time change and you want to get acclimated to the different grasses and you wanna see what the, you're just anxious to see what the condition of the golf course was. But, but kind of knowing what the golf course was going to be like would allow him to practice and allow us to practice uh, for different shots that, that you would, would have to have over there to play the Open Championship. And it's different than other golf courses. I mean, at, at Augusta, you're always practicing hitting the ball as high as you can. Uh, the week before, you're hitting it as high as you can. You're practicing drawing some drives so you could. Get a draw off a number two. You can get a draw off a number thirteen. You're practicing those those two key tee shots right there uh, that can help reduce the par of the golf course. So you're, you're you're practicing those kind of shots for Augusta. But at the Open Championship, you're always practicing the the wind shots. Well, it's one thing that you know every day when we'd practice, we'd practice the wind shots, getting the ball down, keeping the ball down, and because you know it. You have to prepare for the fact. Then it's just going to be windy as I get out, and it might not be. It might there might be a, a, a year when the the wind doesn't blow, but you prepare as if it's going to blow like a mother, and you got to be ready for that. And you want to you want to go over there knowing that you've got that shot down, and the harder it blows, the more it's to my advantage. Not many people have that that great shot that Tiger used to have that stinger shot where he could just hit that low. Burning shot and run it out there, and that's the shot he used at Royal, Royal Liverpool in 2006 when he when he won there. I remember when we played the practice when we got over there, and uh, you know, as soon as we land, we'll go put our stuff in in whatever house we were staying at, and then we would go immediately to the golf course, just chomping at the bit to get out there just to get a feel for the course and to see what it's going to be like. And I I, I never f- forget, he, he stood up on the first tee and he hit a driver and, uh, it, it, you know, it, it didn't go good. <laughs> it, it didn't hit the fairway. And then um, he said, you know, let me try Let me hit another one. And then he hit an iron and he put that in the fairway. And next thing you know, we get to the next hole and he says, you know, well, this is an iron. I can run it. I can run it down because the golf course was baked. It was hard. It was firm. It was fast, and he could just hit this low stinger shot with like a two iron, and that thing would just be going down there, seemingly head high, and just running out forever. And it, it would, you know, go as far as some guys could hit driver. But Tiger had that shot. Other guys don't have that shot. So you know, people said, "Oh, this is genius strategy," because he ended up playing the whole tournament like that. Think he had one driver the whole tournament. That was it. That was it. There's one hole like the uh, the par five uh, coming in. I think it's, it's 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 17 and uh or 16 I, I can't I, I can't remember, but it's it's a wide open hole. There's nowhere you could lose your ball. There's nowhere you could take a penalty shot. remember three keys to golf, eliminating penalty shots, eliminating two chips, eliminating three putts. That's what you have to do to win major championships. Steve Williams used to say all the time. He said, as long as we don't make a double this week, he said, we'll be right there. And that's the key. In major championships, you have to avoid the double bogey. How do you make a double bogey? Hit balls out of bounds. You hit balls in bunkers where you have to come out sideways. That happens a lot in open championships because the bunkers are so penal, so deep. So when you have to come out sideways out of a bunker, that's equivalent to a penalty shot. Now you're still left with the same shot into the green, and you miss the green, chip it up, boom, double bogey. Uh, you you got to avoid the, the, the double bogeys. And Tiger thought to himself, you know what, I can just play an iron around here. And it worked out. Abso- it was a little bit of luck involved there. Okay, It worked out exactly perfectly because the bunkers are so penal at Royal Liverpool. If you drive the ball in the bunker, you're coming out sideways. You're not advancing that ball. There's, you cannot get from a fairway bunker to a green at Royal Liverpool. It, it will not happen. So you got, you're losing a stroke. Every, you just feel like when you, we played the practice, like that like every bunker is a one-shot penalty. So if we could stay out of the bunker all week, man, this would, that would be a, a, a huge advantage. Well, one of the ways to stay out of the bunker was to hit the iron down there, and he'd hit this low-burning iron – and it would run out as far as it could. He could, hit it as, he could hit it as hard as he could, and it would run out as far as it possibly could, and sometimes it'd be 50, 60, 70, 80 yards of run to it. It'd just run forever. It was so baked out. And the ball would run down there, and it would still be short of the bunker. It'd be, it might be two yards short of the bunker, three yards short of the bunker, five yards short, but it was always short of the bunker. He was the only one that could play that strategy. People lauded it and said, oh, this is the greatest strategy ever, but he was the only one that could do it. See, if you hit a driver, uh, you, the driver couldn't get over the bunkers. So by using a driver, you brought all the bunkers into play, and no matter how good a driver you were, you're probably, that year, you couldn't clear the bunkers. So you're, you probably were putting yourself in a position where you're going to take some penalty shots. I mean, you're just you're going to. Everybody The hit driver was going to hit some into the, into the fairway bunkers and have to come out sideways. A three-wood would go too high. So it, it, a three-wood w- wouldn't, wouldn't work out as a, as a good play. And the three-wood actually could, in many times cases, still get to the bunker. So now you've got a choice, and the choice is like hit an iron. But, but the other players couldn't hit that low-burning iron. So, if they hit an iron, the course is long. So, you know, they're hitting an iron off the tee on a 456 yard hole, and they're leaving themselves back there with another, you know, three iron or four iron. And that's not a recipe for success. Uh, and, and that strategy was only for Tiger. It would only work for him because he had that one particular shot. And he hit that low burning iron down there, and he hit it so good that week. It was incredible. The golf course is primarily a right-to-left golf course, and that is kind of to Tiger's advantage, advantage to this. Here's another thing I remember about, about that, that tournament. Uh, we had practiced the right-to-left shot, the low shot, worked on that the week before, and going over there to Royal Liverpool, to Hoylake, I was thinking to myself, okay, uh, he's working on this draw for a week, hitting this low shot for a week. What are the things that could go wrong? And One of the things that could go wrong is we hit so many low shots that all of a sudden now we can't get the ball up in the air. So so I'm, I'm worried about that in my mind. Maybe not when we first get there, but as the week goes on and more days pile up of hitting the same low shots all the time and the same draws. And I'm thinking, okay, if we keep hitting this draw, this draw is perfect right now, but... What happens if we hit this draw for 14 days straight? Is this draw going to turn into something that's too big? See, this is the thing that people don't consider when they say, "Oh, you should just play a fade." I remember when when Phil Mickelson won the Masters the first time and he played a fade. I don't forget Lanny Watkins was a commentator and he said, "He said, oh, he should just play that fade all the time. He's so good at playing that fade. If he ever, if he doesn't play a fade the rest of his career, he's crazy. He should only just play a fade." And I kept thinking to myself. If you just keep playing a fade all the time, at some point that fade is going to be a slice. That's, that's not how you, you can play consistent golf. To play consistent golf, you have to be able to have all shots. And that is, is the strategy that you use when you're hitting one shot and it turns into a miss. Like you're hitting a draw, but it turns into a hook. Okay, what do you do? Sam Snead said it best. He said, they asked him, I said, what do you do when you're hooking it? I play with it on the course. And then I go to the drive range and I cut it for a while. Well, what do you do when you're, you're cutting it too much? I play with it on the course, and then I go to the drive range and I hit 30 minutes worth of shots that are drawing. Easy if you can do it, but most people can't. Same thing when you're hitting the ball high or low. See, there are nine shots you can hit in golf. A straight ball, low, medium, and high. A right-to-left shot, ball starting right of the target, curving back to the target but not past the target, low, medium, and high. And then a left-to-right shot. Ball starting left of the target, curving back to the target, low, medium, and high. That's how you how you you can play your best golf hitting those nine shots. But I was concerned that Tiger was going to hit this this draw, this low draw, and all of a sudden it was going to be hard to hit hit the, the ball up in the air, because you still need to get the ball up in the air. See, that's why it's, it's a great it's a great test at open championships. You get a big wind blowing. And you just hit this low shot straight into the wind, and then you turn around, and on the next hole or two holes later, you got a downwind hole, and you got to get the ball up in the air, or there's no way it's going to hold the green. And you have to vary your trajectory to, in order to, to be able to play at an open championship. Most important to keep, hit it down, but you got to get it up, too and you have to generally curve it both ways because if you've got a big wind blowing, you can't just say, well, I'm just going to play a draw. Well, that's fine. Uh, But, you know, now you got a hole that's curving left to right and you got a right to left wind and you just can't play a draw. You got to play a low shot, but you got to play a low shot that's fading. And that's a, that's a, that's a shot that, that, that you have to have. So, so one of the things that we did, I, 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 you know, came up with a strategy. And when we went to the practice tee, every every afternoon, we stayed out on the driving range and we would play high fades. And people were looking at I think people were looking at us like we were absolute crazy. Like, what in the world is he doing? Why is he practicing high fades? The whole golf course is a low draw. And we were practicing high fades so that, We could keep his swing in balance so that it wouldn't move too much over. See, it's always like you're walking down a ledge, and you don't want to fall off either side of that ledge. And we got to keep that swing in balance and not get too draw biased or too low ball biased. And that's what we did. We practiced every afternoon after the round. We'd go hit fades. And I explained it to him. I said, you got to hit some fades because I'm worried the draw is going to get too big you got to hit some high balls because I'm worried the, you're not, the low ball is going to be too, too prevalent in your game. we got to be able to get it up, too.
2: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.
4: You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
0: Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and
4: this podcast
0: is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting. And we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai, if you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase.
1: In my mind, that strategy was a big part as to why Tiger ended up having one of the greatest, if not the greatest, ball striking tournaments ever at uh, at Royal Liverpool at Hoylake. That was uh, that, That's a memory that I have uh, of hitting those shots on the on the driving range, and and everybody think looking at us, thinking, "Why is he playing a high fade all the time? This is a low draw golf course." Well, we we did it to, to keep the the. the Draw from getting too big and the low shot uh, from being too prevalent. So that, that was a, a strategy that, that definitely worked. This year, it looks like the golf course is really soft. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not familiar with how that golf course plays when it's super soft. Because when I was there, it was rock hard. It was rock hard, and it was it was fun to it was fun to watch. It was fun to to be a spectator. Uh, I'll never forget when he hold out that that forehand pull. That was you know all you see is the swing, but you know you're in the gallery, and I'm I'm walking along, and I'm like, oh my god, that was that was such a pure looking swing, and uh, you know one bounce and it rolls out into the cup, and I'm like, oh my god. What what a shot, you know. And then and, and it's only the second round, but then you start thinking, man, he's swinging so good, and that's a big big shot. That's a big break, and maybe this is uh, maybe this is the week. Maybe this is a week that uh, you know we we could win a major right here. And sure enough, it was. It was uh, it was cool to see. Can't wait to watch this year. Can't wait to watch the Open Championship. I love the Open Championship. All right, hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. Me reminiscing a little bit about uh, Hoy Lake and Tiger winning there. It was, uh, that, was, that was a great one, no, no doubt about it. Hit the follow button on the iHeartRadio app, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have arthritis pain, go to voodoopainrelief.com and get my Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. It will definitely, definitely help you out. Uh, hope everybody has a great day. Stay safe, stay healthy. And we'll talk to you soon on the Hank Kenny Podcast.